Romans chapter 3, verses 19 through 24 says this. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be closed and that all the world may become accountable to God. Because by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For through the law comes the knowledge of sin. What comes? What does the law bring? The knowledge of sin. Important line there. Let's keep going. Verse 21 through 24. But now, apart from the law, setting that aside, we're not setting its principles or its ideas aside. I'll communicate that in just a second. But setting that aside, uh, from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For all those who believe, for there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Raise your hands if you're a part of all there. Yep. Verse 24, it uses the same all as the antecedent here, and it says being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. How many of you are a part of the all that have been justified? Yes. So what is amazing about this is that the law was never given to us so that it might bring us to life. The law cannot bring us to life. The 10 laws on a stone tablet, the 17,000 laws in our law book, or even if I were to wrongly impose on you a man-made law of learn how to love and you'll finally make God happy, all of that is not life. All of that is not life. Life is in the Spirit of God that has come inside of you when you have confessed Him as Lord, and the, the love that he, that he produces in you towards others. This is where life is rooted. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. We'll do near the exact same verses, but Galatians chapter 3, starting at verse 19 again, and this time we'll just go to 22. These are the words of God from Paul to the church in Galatia. Why the law then? It was added because of transgressions, having been ordained through angels by the agency of a mediator until the seed would come to whom the promise had been made. What was the purpose of the law? A mediator until Jesus Verse 20, now a mediator is not for one party only, whereas God is only one. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? May it never be. For if the law had been given, which was able to impart life, then righteousness would indeed have been based on law. But you can't get there through law. Amen? Verse 22, but the scripture... And this is such a great line. The scripture has shut up everyone. Show of hands, how many of you fall under the everyone category? Everyone, the scripture has shut up under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Now this is what is so important about this. The law was not given to give us life. Ten commandments, 17,000 laws, or even some notion of you just need to learn how to love better and you'll finally fulfill all the laws of God. No, 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 no. 
You will only love and therefore fulfill the law of God if the Spirit of God is in you. If, you, if your life is crucified with Christ. Amen? Amen? This is so important. Otherwise, we're back to the same message that many in the church preach today. I shared with a friend not too long ago that when it comes to uh, larger churches, and I'm, I'm not... Uh, I'm not picking on them because numbers don't equate to apostasy in some way. But, but um, in large churches, what I find happens, and see if you track with me, see if you agree with me. If not, just consider what I'm saying. In large churches, what I see happening is that uh, the same principle that happens when we watch a secular movie, and that secular movie seems to have spiritual principles, how many of you ever watched The Matrix and thought, wow, that seems like super spiritual or something like this? Uh, it's not. But anyway, so, but you, you've watched these movies or you've, you've watched a ton of movies and you're going, wow, I see the storyline of God inside of this. In a lot of large churches, what I see happening is people go in and they hear a message that happens to be moralism, therapy, and you're living your own life until Jesus returns. He's not really around or helping you in anything. Moralistic, therapeutic deism. You go to a church, you hear all this stuff, and here's what the Christian hears when they go there. The Christian goes, wow, I heard the gospel today. Why? For the same reason you hear the gospel when you watch The Matrix. For the same reason you hear the gospel when you watch a Hallmark movie. Listen, I know y'all, y'all are a part of Hallmark movies, so don't even, don't even shy away from that. And I'm talking to you men, too. Here's my point. What happens in large churches is you go in and you hear this, and you go, yeah, my church preaches the gospel. You know what the gauge of whether or not your church preaching the gospel is? Whether or not the lost feel conviction. Whether or not you feel a need to repent of your sins. Otherwise, the sad part is, it's the same thing for when you go and sit down and watch a movie and you go, wow, I feel Jesus here. Of course you do. Of course you do. You're a Christian. You see Jesus in everything. He's in the clouds or in your toast. I don't know, but you see him. You see him everywhere. But the reality is, the reality is, God is clearly either in our hearts or he is foreign to us. So consider that as you, as you process through uh, these different things. But what I want you to see is that moralism won't save us. Even me telling you, guys, you need to learn how to love and therefore you'll fulfill the law of God. The truth is you will fulfill the law of God if you love, but you can only love if you're surrendered to the Savior who remakes you and reforms you.